0: Hey everybody, this is Paul Butler and you're listening to The Point After Show. The Point After Show.
1: He's going savage. Run for your life. And that was a disgraceful performance in my opinion. We threw that game. We gave it away by doing that. We gave him the freaking game. In my opinion, that sucked. Uh, playoffs? What are you talking about Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game.
2: The Point After Show.
1: I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. To do the double chance does what the <laughs> he wants.
0: The Point After Show.
1: Spikes in hell. Spikes in peewee hell.
2: What's up guys? You're here with The Point After Show with a special edition podcast tonight, and I'm in the studio with... Tommy Lipko, Paul Lipko, and Stroud Rounder, and uh, tonight I'm filling in for Eddie. He wasn't able to make it. I'm producer Cavi. Tonight we have a very special podcast for you. We're going to be bringing in Paul Butler, who played for the University of California, and uh, University of California, Pennsylvania, and uh, he got invited to the free agent camp, the rookie free agent's camp, rookie mini camp, rookie mini camp uh for the Pittsburgh Steelers. For our
1: boys, the Pittsburgh Steelers. you
2: go, your boys the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah,
1: I know, you're not that Steeler guy.
2: So uh we're going to bring in Paul now.
1: All right. Well, welcome to the show, Paul. How's it going out there? I'm good. How you doing? Good, man, good. So uh <clears throat> tight end, big big guy coming out Tommy's Tommy likes to say the uh the what was your big, big dude, dude big coming dude. out of uh Cal University of PA? Uh, yeah. Straight out of uh, straight out of Reynoldsville, right? Is that where you're originally from, Reynoldsville, Pennsylvania? Yes, sir. Where? Uh, what was the high school you went to out there?
0: Um. Well, I grew up in Reynoldsville. It was a little town outside of Dubois. I went to Dubois Area High School. Dubois. It was about 20, 20 minutes away from Reynoldsville.
1: All right, man doing uh, doing Dubois some justice, getting some getting your name out there. Good job so we did a little bit of research on uh, on Paul Butler um, obviously you know we mentioned at the top of the show that you are going to rookie minicamp uh, got the invite from some of our favorite team here at the point after show the Pittsburgh Steelers so we're super pumped about that uh, looking at some of your numbers from your pro day uh, 49140 and a ridiculous 39 and a half inch vertical um, so some solid numbers for tight end at your size what do you run about six66 250. 6, uh,
0: yep, between two fifty 250,
1: two fifty five so that's that's probably why Tommy referred you as a big dude. Uh, yeah <laughs> but looking at a lot of your uh, looking at a lot of your tape man, i mean you're 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 super agile. Um, I mean, you have a lot of good things going for you and uh, I think the Steelers are gonna be pretty excited when they get to see you. so let's dive into some of the questions that we have. but before that, how would if you um, you give us um, a little bit of a uh, a little bit of background on, on yourself. Um, something that the uh, average sports fan can't just go read about online. Give us a little bit about your, uh, about who you are, where you came from.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I was born in Dubois, Pennsylvania, but I grew up in uh, Reynoldsville. Um, played a lot of sports growing up: football, basketball, baseball, uh, track and field. Uh, baseball is probably my second favorite sport. Played a lot of baseball. Um, in between summers, you know, between school and stuff, I worked uh, at the Roundsville Water Sewage Authority. I did that for about seven years. And uh, there's another summer where I, I pour concrete for about 12 hours a day every day. Um, so I've been doing a lot. I did a lot of work, in my, a lot of hands-on work.
1: Um, blue-collar guy, our, our favorite type of guy here. I'm sorry, what was that? I said blue-collar guy, our favorite type uh, of guy.
0: Yep, yep, I mean always just try to you know work hard make money you know just doing what i can so um
1: awesome always yeah. on the, always on the grind so was uh was baseball uh was football always your first choice you said you're a big baseball guy um and it was seemed to be second in in your life behind football uh how, how far how long did you play baseball did you play in college
0: no um well i grew up I was actually. i was A little guy growing up. So, um, you know, football wasn't necessarily like my favorite sport because I just wasn't, you know, very big. Um, So I was always playing baseball. There was one point I was on four different baseball teams at the same time. So that's just all I was doing was playing baseball. And then um, once I started to grow a little bit, hit a growth spurt and put on some weight, and, you know, I started figuring out how to use my body and how to, you know, become a pretty good football player. That's when.
2: You know, this football became my life. You know. So, Paul, uh, interesting note about the draft this year. I think the first eight guys that uh, were taken in the draft this year, if not more, were all multi-sport athletes. And a uh, big moving, a big movement in uh, America right now is having your kids specialize in one sport from you know being a little kid. Would you think that? Uh, would you say that playing multiple sports uh, made you a better athlete? kept you more well-rounded?
0: Yeah, I mean, especially in the town I grew up in, it's easy to get in trouble and involved in some things you're not supposed to. So being involved in multiple sports, it always kept me out of, you know, getting involved in stuff like that. Um, I believe, you know, if the kid wants to play, if your kid wants to play a bunch of sports, you know, he should be able to play whatever he wants. And, uh, I mean, I can understand why parents think, you know, just keeping a kid in one sport might Make them be, you know, have more of a chance to be better at that sport. But I mean, it's all—it all. I think it all depends on what the kid wants to do.
1: Cool. Yeah, I think for the, uh, I think for the position, you know, that that right now you're you're working into with the tight end position. I think it's, um, you know, you see in recent history with the tight end position, you got have guys like Julius Thomas, guys like uh, Antonio Gates that had that that basketball background, and obviously, you know, going on to having some. Really successful NFL careers. I think that you know, you having a basketball background, having that multi-sport, it can only help you. So I, I agree mm-hmm.
0: with you. Yeah, I agree too. There's a there's a lot you can take away from every sport and translate it onto the the football field. So I agree.
1: So speaking of uh, speaking of Julius Thomas, I read somewhere that you growing up, you used to be, or you may still be, a Dolphins fan. Is that true?
0: Huge Dolphins fan. I was even through the years there. Very bad, you know, the 1-15 season, you know, that was my team. You know, I
1: stuck by them. Who was was your favorite player uh, growing up in the NFL?
0: Well, I played quarterback most of my life, and uh, I I grew up, when I first started watching, you know, the Dolphins, Dan Marino was the quarterback. I didn't get to watch very much of him until he retired, but I always just, you know, Dan Marino was just always that that guy for me. So it was either him or – it was Ricky Williams. He's when he come to Miami. He's just he's an unbelievable player for the Dolphins. I loved watching him on the ball. Tricky so probably Ricky. between these those two.
1: Yeah, I'm, I was a big fan of Ricky Williams. He was a fun player to watch. So any particular um, any particular players currently right now in the NFL that that you seem to gravitate to as fair as a as a favorite goes?
0: Yeah, my, uh, my boy Rob Gronkowski. I, I just I don't know. I love watching him play. He just he does it all. He blocks. He's a great receiver. He's a nightmare to try to bring down. He's a he's a game changer. So you know he's definitely definitely my favorite player currently.
1: I like watching uh, Gronk do just about anything. I think if Gronk was to sit and paint a house, I'd probably somehow find that entertaining with him.
0: Uh, oh yeah, I've, he definitely definitely can make it entertaining.
1: I was really gonna hope you. Were, I was kind of hoping you were gonna say uh, Ben Roethlisberger there. I feel like maybe you had an opportunity there for uh, to get on that good side right away. Uh, but uh-uh. I res- <laughs> but I do respect Gronk as an answer. So I was actually hoping he was going to say Larry Fitzgerald, but you uh, know, well we got. I was, I was reaching. Mike is a Mike, uh, our our guy here. Mike is he's a he's an Arizona Cardinals fan. So okay, we, we let him go with some of the passes in life. Um, <laughs> so um, prior to uh, prior to playing at uh, Cal U, you played defensive end at Akron. Um, you know, what was the reason, if you don't mind, what was the reason that you decided to change or you changed positions from defensive end to the tight end position?
0: Well, in high school, my defensive position was a safety. So I had no experience playing defensive end until I got to acting. And when I got to I I was, I was trying out to be a tight end. And... Uh, so I went on with the defensive end, and I, I, you know, I started figuring it out. I started figuring out how to use my hands and get leverage on, you know, the tackles and stuff. But, you know, my heart—I, I just always felt like I belonged, like to catch the ball. My heart was always to catch the ball and make plays, catching the ball. So, whenever uh, the starting tight end got hurt, um, they needed a scout team tight end, and I volunteered quickly to be the scout team tight end. and I think if you watch my Akron highlights, you know I did very well at being that scouting fan.
1: Yeah, I, I think Tommy and I and 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 Cavi here, we, we did a lot of research on you over the last couple of um, you know weeks, and especially the last couple of days on watching a lot of your your videos. And um, you know, obviously, we we mentioned before, you have you know your your tremendous size and agility. It's six six two fifty. You kind of move like a guy a little bit smaller than that. Um, you know, especially when you're, you're 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 blocking. Tommy, you were talking about this. We were talking about this earlier about his 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 blocking abilities and some of the things that you noticed. Your blocking is probably second to none. And and as you probably know, the Steelers are in desperate need right now of a uh, of a blocking tight end with Ladarius Green. You know, obviously not panning out with injury problems. Um, Jesse James is more of a. Uh, a catching tight end versus a blocking—that's uh, kind of putting it nicely. So I, I feel like you have a great uh, potential to fit in this organization if they—if if they're smart enough to, to, to catch on to you here and, and pick you up. Um, looking at some of your game film video, uh, I, I compare you to a guy uh, Zach Miller from Chicago. I think that you know your size and your your abilities, and just looking at game film of you guys like side by side. Zach Miller is probably the closest that I can come to a clone of of what Paul Butler does. If you were to, if somebody were to ask you who you think is your closest um, comparison of a tight end right now in the NFL, who would it be?
0: I always like to compare myself to Gronk, just because I always look. I was a receiver in high school. Whenever I moved from quarterback, so I never did any of the blocking and stuff until I got to Cal. So I always like thought of myself as you know a receiving tight end, and I didn't have a lot of opportunities to show off my receiving abilities this past season. But I made the most of what I had, and I mean, it's just kind of glimpses of what I could do. Um, so I would definitely, I, I believe, you know, I compare to Grunt once I have the ball and I get opportunities to show what I can do.
2: Do you? Uh, do you think? I mean, it's pretty pretty common knowledge. The Steelers need a, a blocking tight end. You think that helps your your chances going into the minicamp?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think uh, more and more the NFL is evolving. The tight end position in the NFL is evolving to just receiving tight ends. So I think it's it, it's harder to find tight ends that do block and uh you know that can catch. So I think it helps my value if knowing that I can do both. So
1: yeah, I watched a lot of your tape here. Um, like Paul said. And I tell you one thing that I was really impressed about was definitely your blocking. You, you were able to shed the defensive end, kick them out, and then move on to the second level of linebacker pretty easily, creating a hole by yourself for the running back to, to find a hole to run through. Uh, I was really impressed with your blocking ability for sure. I appreciate that. So um, just another question I had is uh, besides the Steelers, have any other teams expressed interest in you?
0: Yeah, uh, the Cardinals were reaching out to me a lot, actually. I thought that was going to be the team to take me. There you go, um,
1: man. On unfortunately, the I
0: did.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, I guess following up on that a little bit, I guess the the, the, the novice or the, the weekend fan of the NFL maybe doesn't follow along as much. What would you say... Um, What's the process like? As, as, as you know, a lot of people watch the draft, but as an undrafted player, like how does that process uh, start? Maybe fill us in on that a little bit.
1: Um.
0: Well, I went down to Tampa, Florida. I trained down there for my pro day for two months, and uh, it was a lot of hard work. It was basically a full time job. It was eight hours of training every day, pretty much. So then I got back up here, I did my pro day, and then there's a, like a month break, and like, I, I sat at my buddy's place for a week and, um, not doing anything, just kind of let my body rest, and, and I started going crazy just to thinking about the whole draft process, so I, uh, I went back to work at the water sewage authority just to kind of keep my mind occupied and stay busy a little bit, but, um, and then during the draft, you know, I, I didn't expect to get drafted, but I, I ended up watching the draft anyway, and, uh, you know, after the draft ended, it was—it was—that was probably the most stressful period of my life. Those two hours until you know I got the call about the mini invite. So, I mean, it's—it's definitely—it's—it's it's not an easy feeling. You know, sitting around and waiting to know like what your future is going to be. So, it's definitely stressful.
2: But it's that quick, huh? Like two hours after the draft, you got the phone call.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was pretty quick.
2: Well, that's a good sign.
0: It seemed, it seemed longer than it was, but. It seemed like 10 hours, but, you
1: know, it was quick. <laughs> so some of us, uh, actually all of us in this the room, uh, obviously, you know, we, we would love to live the dream of ever playing in the NFL. Obviously, that has passed us by a long time ago. Um, but, and but, si- size, too. Yeah, for, for Mike, <laughs> it would be size. Uh, but... But what, you know, give us an idea of what was it like? What's it like to actually, you know, get that call? Like, what was it like on the um, on the home front, you know, from a family perspective? You know, was your agent there? Was, was, what was that call like?
0: Well, I was at, I was at my buddy's place just watching the draft. I was actually by myself. Um, and then my, my agent called me and he just told me, um, you know, he got me into the Steelers mini camp. And I was happy about it. My, my family was thrilled. Um, but I've never really been complacent about anything, you know. I've it was it was a long, you know, hard fought journey for me to get here. So, um, and if I ever would have become complacent, anything I accomplished, you know, I don't even think I would even be here. So I'm always just striving, you know, to you know, do you know, just do great things. So I mean. It's, it was, it was a cool, it was a cool feeling once he called me and I found out, you know, it was a relieving feeling, you know, then I got to focus on the next step and, you know, get ready for the minicamp.
1: So it's, it's, uh, it's gotta be a pretty good feeling for you being a Western Pennsylvania guy and you get to hear from your agent that he got you into a, a rookie minicamp with a team that legitimately is right up the road. Uh, not very far from where you grew up and, and where you play football now, um, is there uh, was there any other teams that you were kind of uh, you saw yourself as a potential good fit for um, anybody that you know really you kind of had a little bit of a, a sentimental a soft spot for and hoping a little hope that they might have gave you a call to?
0: Yeah, um, during the season I talked to the Seahawks and uh, I, I always enjoyed watching the Seahawks, so I, I like to say to Washington, so I always... I kind of was hoping I'd have an opportunity up there, and then also, you know, the, the Buccaneers—they, you know, expressed some interest in me too. And that's where I trained was down in Tampa, and I just I fell in love with the area. So I was kind of also really hoping, you know, the Buccaneers would take a shot on me as well.
1: Yeah, I think Tampa—they ended up going with their tight end in the draft, but I think Seattle was still open to the tight end position. Obviously, Jimmy Graham being there, but. Uh, it's funny that you say Seattle because that's again going back to Zach Miller. It's where where he kind of uh, became a household name. Now off to Chicago, so I definitely could see uh, you know Seattle being a good fit for you personally. I'd love to see you in the Steelers organization. I really hope that they do pick up on you because I you know we could use a guy like you blocking for Le'Veon Bell and trying to keep Ben off his back. Uh, Kevin, you had another question for him, right? So, so you you were talking to to teams throughout the season, right?
2: Oh yeah. Okay, so that's kind of neat to hear. So you're a Division two guy. Uh, what uh, do you think it says about the Cal program or the Cal U of PA program um, that four, there's four of you, right? Four players from that team are all getting looks in the NFL right now. Yeah, from this year's class. Yeah. Right. So what, what do you what you think that speaks to that that program down there, or is that normal coming out of? Uh, I mean, I, I assume it's not normal coming out of a two program, but is it normal coming out of? Uh, you know, Cal, you?
0: I mean, Cal always kind of has that reputation to send, uh, you know, sending guys to the league. We had, before the draft, we had six guys, you know, on rosters, you know, getting opportunities, including uh, CJ Goodwin, who I played with my freshman year. He, he's a cornerback for the Falcons who played in the Super Bowl, actually did really well in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, that's just kind of the norm for Cal, especially if you're a D1 transfer, you know, you transfer to Cal to you know, have an opportunity to go to the NFL. So it's not like it's not nothing new for the program here. I don't believe.
2: I, I'm a I'm a piece that guy too, and so is Mike. We uh, we went to East Strasburg, and uh-huh. uh, I don't think we had many people come out. I think we uh, in one go. My my senior year, I think we had two. We had two guys get looks, but I don't think they made yeah. teams. When I was a senior, we
1: had one guy have a try with the Colts. Don't think he made it though. Much smaller wide receiver, so he had no shot. Yeah. No, I think the, I think the PSAC definitely has a reputation of putting out probably the best D two uh, athletes. Probably the most most famous Andre Risen from Kutztown. Yep. Yeah. Well, know. we got Jari Evans. We talked about him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Andre I mean, Reid. Andre yeah, Reed. That's who I meant. I'm Yeah. Sorry, Andre yeah. But then others. No, the, the, I mean, um, the PSAC definitely has some great talent. Uh, it, it's it's. It's we, There was a guy that went uh, from Kutztown this year. He was actually drafted, but I think that there's I think that there's guys like you who are um, untapped talent. That you know this these rookie minicamps are the best things in the world because obviously not every great talent could be drafted. There's only what two hundred and rounds. Yeah, seven rounds. I uh, what two hundred some odd picks. So, you know you can't draft everybody. And this year was a strong, probably one of the stronger years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you probably heard this a million times, and it probably. You know, makes you want to throw up, but probably one of the stronger years for tight ends. Would you not agree for uh, for coming out of the draft this year?
0: Oh yeah, I heard. I saw was reading and stuff, and um, yeah, I can agree with it. There's a lot of a lot of big boys that can run and can block. So it's definitely a crazy class. It would be the year I come out. You know.
2: That's how it always works. For like party. I said, man, no think, red shirts uh, in your
1: back pocket. I, I, you always gotta. You always gotta. It, it all comes down to the work ethic. What it sounds like, you know, that you have, and and you put the work in. Not every, uh, not every guy that gets drafted high works out well. Uh, you know, I go back to a guy that was drafted number ten overall in, in the draft a few years back. Eric Ebron, a tight end. And, oh, and yeah. you know, he's he man, he had all the he had all the talent in the world. And you know, other than beating me in fantasy football last week or last year, he he really hasn't amounted to that much. Or so Javarius Jenkins. Yeah, lots of lots of people get drafted. At the end of the day, um, few become great, man. I think you have a lot of good stuff. I looked at your tape, we've all watched your tape. Um so let me ask you this question, Paul. So what can the NFL team, what can an NFL team expect from Paul Butler? If I'm an NFL owner, sell me on paul butler
0: i mean my work ethic you know you always hear guys talking about their work ethic and stuff but if you really look at me and what i've been through as far as on and off the field um and how i had to you know transform my body and you know just all the trials and tribulations i faced but no matter what i kept my head up and i still kept working and working And there's no doubt if I didn't have this kind of work ethic instilled in me, I would not be here today. So it's just one of those things um, teams are just going to have to see how I am in a person and just see my work ethic for themselves. You know, I don't like talking about it too much just because, you know, like I said, you hear guys talk about it all the time. But I really feel like, you know, my work ethic is definitely something that sets me apart from a lot of guys.
1: That's awesome. So we have one last question for you. Cavi has a great question for you. I think we're gonna kind of end on a uh, on a light note here. Um, you've been awesome for a guest, as you know. We expected. Cavi is our music guy. Guy is a music buff, and I know he has been itching to ask this question for you. So the last question of the day for Paul Butler, Cavi, what you got for him, buddy?
2: Paul, so I, you know, I, I was doing a bunch of research on you, and I saw a quote where you said. Uh, that uh, you like your, your head-banging music um, to listen to before games. Well, what's on your playlist?
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff that people do not listen to. Uh, but, you know, right now my favorite band is this band called The Dying Arms. Um, you know, I grew up a huge Asley Dying fan. Um, just a real heavy, you know, like the Screamer stuff. Uh, I don't know what it is. It's the stuff I grew up listening to. My dad was actually uh, in a metal band. He was a drummer so i just i've always been around that music so just you know a lot of lot of screamo, a lot of you know hype music i guess
2: i i actually love both bands you just spoke of um i'm a big you know punk rock screamo emo guy myself um oh, nice. so i definitely knew both bands that you had that you mentioned there so you know nothing new to me but that's cool that's so so more of the the alternative metal stuff huh
0: yeah, yeah, it's just a different kind of music, stuff people don't listen to usually.
2: Nice,
1: Paul. I got, I got one last. I lied to you. I do have one last question for you, and I promise you, we'll cut you loose. But uh, my last question is this, man. So you're a blocking tight end. You're a big dude. Um, can you name one person right now in the NFL, on the defensive side, that you want to put on their ass? It would a good block. Name them.
0: Mm, that's a good question. Um, huh? Also, I would love to have an opportunity to prove myself against somebody like like a JJ Watt. You know, that's the best defensive player in football, and that's someone I would probably have an opportunity to block. So, I feel like that'd be a true test of my ability. So. Well, I just had to say, J.J. Watt. Nothing against him as a you know player. He's an awesome player,
1: but you know he's the best, and I want to you know I want to beat the best. So that's a, that's a great answer. While you're at rookie minicamp, maybe you could practice on his brother.
0: Yeah, well, I've been thinking about that <laughs>
1: the whole time.
2: So I'd love to see you put J.J. Watt on his ass too.
1: Yeah, I'd love to do it. Yeah, Cavie's, Cavie's not a J.J. Watt guy. Uh hey, J.J. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right, Paul. Well, listen, man, we had a pleasure. It was a pleasure uh, here at the Point After Show talking with you. We had a lot of fun, man. We wish you nothing but great luck. We don't really think that you need a lot of luck. I think your your talent and your work ethic is going to speak for itself. Really hope that the, the Steelers pick up on you. Um do us a favor. you have anybody that you want to kind of give some shout-outs to? The floor is yours for a couple minutes here. Just shout-out whoever you want to give a shout-out to.
0: Um, you know, my parents, my mom and dad, you know, obviously they've been there my whole life. Uh, and, you know, my trainer down in Florida, Coach Taylor Scott, he really uh, helped, helped me get ready for my pro day. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that's probably about it.
1: So, All right, man. Well, awesome, buddy. Well, listen, it was a pleasure speaking with you. I'm going to keep you on the line, and um, I'll talk to you in about two seconds. All right, man? All right, cool.
2: Thank you for having me. No problem. It was a pleasure. All right, guys, uh, that was Paul Butler. We wish him the best of luck at the upcoming rookie camp, and uh, thank him for coming on the show. We're going to sign off right now. This has been a special edition of The Point After Show, and uh, we have Stroud Rounder in the studio. What's up? Mikey, give him your uh, Twitter handle. At Stroud Rounder. Anger
1: management, baby. Yeah,
2: watch out for his anger management articles coming at you weekly. Tom. I'm at T Lip underscore the P A S. You could check out all my cheesy ass articles about anything sports related. Did you wash your armpit last night? Did Not yet. It? No, no, we waited for you.
1: That's going to happen this so, upcoming week. Uh, upcoming so stay week. tuned for that.
2: Don't miss Tommy's. You got to uh, shave your armpits? No, he's no, got to no, wax, no, wax it. Oh, you got to wax them. Oh, oh, that's yeah. worse. Yeah. Good luck, man. I'll see you. Uh, Thanks for right. reminding me. Of Next effect. week with your smooth underarms. Polly? I am at the
1: FF Advantage.
2: I'm going to try to remember this. Uh, I am at Producer Cavi. I think got I got it. it right this time. You got it. So uh, follow us all on Twitter. Uh, follow our official Twitter at Point After Show. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. And uh, keep a lookout. We have some other great interviews coming up really soon. And, uh, you know, tomorrow we're going to drop. An interview with uh, Lawrence
1: Elliott Jr. That's right. Running so. back that's uh, heading over to Arizona for the Cardinals minicamp. We need another back in that uh, already awesome backfield with David Johnson. He's dynamic, coming out of Bloomsburg University. Looking forward to talking with him.
2: So, thanks, uh, you know, final thanks to the PSAC for giving us some uh, great interviews. And uh, that's it. We're going to sign out. If you made it this far, call you your line. If you've made it this far, as always, thank you.